Hey out there sports fans, it's BJ here, another episode of Sports with BJ. A lot going on in the NFL. We got a lot going on with Deshaun Watson, got a lot going on with Daniel Snyder. Um, a lot of things going on in the NFL that need to be addressed. Uh, we don't typically talk about things this heavy, but I don't want to have a platform where I only talk about the positive things. Um, it's important It's important to bring light to search away certain situations and I like to have people involved that have been through these situations, have been at this level. Um, and I've got a couple guests lined up tonight. If you're out there, you got a comment, you want to throw something in, please do. There's a link in the description that you can uh, you can join the conversation. This is going to be an open conversation. Um, this is going to be, again, some heavy stuff that we're talking about. Um, we are in no way going to point fingers, point blame. We're just going to try and bring a fresh perspective and talk about a situation that in and of itself is ugly for one way or another. Um, there, there are some ugly situations going on right now. So, um, if you want to join the conversation, please do. I'll admit you all are welcome. No one is banned from this conversation. Um, and we're going to have a great conversation about this stuff and try and bring light to some of the stuff going on. Uh, the first, the first guest I have is a uh, rock Dylan. So I'm going to rock in Hey, rock. How you doing tonight, man? What's up, man? I'm doing good. Can't complain. How about you? Hey, it's been a good day. Just got done celebrating one of my best friend's birthdays. She turned 32, joined the rest of us. Uh, so before we get started with a little bit of take on Deshaun Watson, give a little background to the people out there on your experience at the pro football level. Uh, well, my experience, as uh, far as I've been playing football my entire life since the age of six. Um, I'm 38 now. I retired back in 2013. Um, I, I went to the Jets and the Bills, uh, fresh out, but, um, I, I never played a down in the NFL. Um, then, so I went from there and that's when I met Amar Hawkins. I, I started playing arena football. Uh, I played with the Grand Rapids Rampage. I played with the, uh, Cleveland Gladiators and everything. So I had a pretty fun little pro career. Um, I was young, I was making money. You couldn't tell me that uh, I wasn't in the lead or I wasn't a superstar because at that time when they paying you thousands of dollars a week and everything is paid for as far as room and board, um, I was on top of the world. And at the time I had no kids or anything, no family. So I, I thought I was living a life. <laughs> life of Riley, right? <laughs> yes. Okay. So you've been there. You've been in situations where you kind of have a general understanding of how the league works, how contracts work, how what's expected of you and, and what you're going to get compensated to do. And and here we are, unfortunately, with a very uncomfortable situation revolving around one of the superstars in the NFL, that'd be Deshaun Watson. Um, so some things were released yesterday, the last update we had. Uh, I'm just going to read this so we can get a little context of what's going on. So as of yesterday, 16 assaults or 16 lawsuits alleging sexual assaults or inappropriate conduct have been filed against Deshaun Watson. Um, and the lawsuit, which appeared Monday, reads and alleges that Deshaun Watson assaulted and harass harassed plaintiffs by exposing himself to them and touching her with their members. Uh, the incident allegedly took place in California as well as Houston. Of the, of the 16 allegations, only two have been outside the Houston area. Um, a traveling massage therapist alleges that when she arrived to the address Watson gave her, he led her to a room and quote unquote locked the doors behind him. 
after Watson allegedly, quote unquote, forced plaintiff's hands onto his member during the massage. He allegedly told her, quote, I will not have you sign an NDA, which is legal term for non-disclosure agreement, but don't ever talk about this. Uh, Watson's attorney, Rusty Harden, has issued a statement saying that it's meritless and that any allegation against Deshaun forced a woman to commit a sexual act is completely false. So I'm just going to give my little piece. Um, I know that you and I have had a couple conversations about this, and I respect your opinion, and I know you respect mine. So when it first came out, I thought that the timing was odd. Um, given everything that's going on with Deshaun Watson in Houston, um, Houston is sticking to their their merit, sticking to their guns. He's our quarterback. He's our QB one. The new the new head coach came out in his press conference. As far as I know, Deshaun Watson is our quarterback. I have no evidence to believe otherwise. But on the other hand, Deshaun Watson has been very clear: I am not your quarterback. I won't play another down for you. I want out of Houston. Trade me, or I will hold out. It's that simple. And it seems like right after he made that very clear, all of this stuff started flying. And when it first came out, even when even when it was up to three, I'll be honest, even when it was up to three people that had made these accusations against Deshaun Watson, I was still in the camp that said, this is odd. It's, it's really odd that a commodity is, be, is telling the holder of the commodity, I'm not yours. And then all this stuff comes out, right? And now I don't know what to make of it. I haven't been there. I don't know how these things work. But I think that you and I together, Rock, can bring a little common sense to the situation. I want to make three, maybe three, just a couple of quick points. I'll just say that. A couple quick points. Number one, it's alleging that Deshaun Watson in his personal DMs is contacting these people. It It doesn't take a whole lot of research. It takes knowing some people that have been in the league, but it doesn't take a whole lot of nothing to understand. When you're at the level Deshaun Watson is, you're not personally DMing anybody except for your mom and your family. He's got people to handle this. He's got social media management that he pays to keep stuff out of his inbox, to keep his inbox clean, to keep his nose clean, right? He pays for that. Number two, the dude could have anybody. The dude's got money. Money talks, right? And there's a lot that can be said for wealth in this country and where it will get you. In any level, in any arena, whether it's sexual, professional, anything, money talks. It just does. That's the facts. He can buy uh, a human with the amount of money he makes. Exactly. <laughs> right? So so that that's a couple points there. Uh, a traveling masseuse. Uh, okay, that's fine. It strikes me as odd, and this is where I really value your opinion and people that have been there. With all the resources an NFL organization has, a lot of this gets alleged during the offseason, Rock. A lot of this gets alleged during the offseason, right? You're not telling me that he's has to, he has to go out and find his own personal masseuse to take care of him during the, during the offseason. Right. There are there are there are masseurs employed by the organization for this specific reason to help you to help you. Right. And we've we've been through many allegations of this nature before, not necessarily dealing with masseuse or masseurs, but lots of sexual assault allegations in the NFL. 
And it's never like that. Mm-mm. Never. And if it is, and one person comes out like that, 16 aren't piling on like that. Think about look at the look at the Washington Redskins situation that just happened, or the Washington football team now for whatever it might be, with the cheerleaders and the good bits videos and everything that was going on there. That's been going on for almost two decades. And mm-hmm. it took one girl coming out, and then about five came forward with her, but there's still several that haven't said a word. Exactly. And all of this, and, and that's not right. I want to be perfectly clear. That's not right. That that women feel that if they are assaulted, they can't say anything. That is not right. That's it's not disgusting. what we're saying. It's absolutely disgusting. It's disgraceful. It will not be tolerated on this platform. But we're having a we're having a simple conversation about something that has not been. Keep in mind, anyone out there viewing and listening to this in the future, nothing has been proven yet. There is no evidence that says he did it. Everything right now is hearsay. There hasn't been a trial. There hasn't been evidence presented. We're just trying to make the same, make the situation for what it is and figure out the best we can as analysts of what's going on. So, Rock, as someone that has been at that level and the points that I just made, you give me your piece on what's going on with the Deshaun Watson situation. And now that the numbers have piled up and we're sitting at 16, has that swayed how you feel about the situation? It has not. And the reason why it has not it's because and and anything I say is all speculations because I'm you know I'm not close enough. I actually spoke with a teammate of his this past weekend as that that protects him. I'm not gonna name drop, but of course you know but it, is a, it is a teammate of Deshaun Watson. We can say that you spoke yes, with a teammate of Deshaun Watson. Yes. Okay. Uh, we both we both played at the same college, so of course that's how you know it all ties together. But um, with speaking with him and finding out just a few little bit of things, like for those who don't know, the NFL is very powerful. Like when I say powerful, they are powerful, like new world order powerful. Like they can get things done. So when you have a guy like Deshaun Watson, who for the most part has kept his nose clean as far as we know of, been considered a great kid. He all of a sudden he wants out because he feels disrespected by the organization. You you didn't hear anything until they knew for sure he said he was not coming back. Then all of a sudden you got the neighbor saying this happened. That was already suspicious. And then you got more girls coming on. I don't think it's hard to get a group of women and and incentivize them to do this because what's going to happen? How, how does the Texans benefit for this? They benefit this way. You're untradeable now. No one wants you because they're afraid that you're going to have to sit out, right? And I look at it like this. Well, if he got to sit out, he can't help the Texans neither. Well, the Texans, if they put all this together, they can stop these women from going forward just like that, right? And now he's theirs. I just think I, so, but I think they ruined that opportunity also because now what we have is you have a guy saying he's willing to sit out because he'll never play for you guys again. 
So they had to figure out a way to recruit money that they owe him instead of paying this man just to sit out. How can we keep the money if he violated some kind of laws or team rules or disrespected the shield in any kind of way? That's how by being some kind of issue of his own. So now if he's not playing for us and we get to keep the money that's owed to him, we win. You get what I'm saying? So that's really what I believe is going on here. Um, and, and they know that in, in the court of public opinion, the more people you have saying something, people feel like, oh, well, they must be telling the truth because there's so many people that are saying it. Well, with the commissioner's exempt list, meaning you don't have to be proven guilty or anything, the commissioner can put you on this list and keep you out of football, which will ruin your reputation. You're gonna, you, we, we don't get younger. So here's a young man who we may we may never see him play again. That's what people don't understand. You could possibly never see him play again because think about it. We have COVID going on right now. Courts are already backed up without a pandemic. So it'll take so long for him to probably get a speedy trial or anything. And I don't know if all these women are filing together or separately. So he might have to fight each one of them separately. This can last forever. Mm -hmm. You know, so and none of them have even uh, it's just lawsuits right now. They're not literally taking him to court far as uh, for a uh, uh, quote-unquote crime, that's still to come down the line. So it's so disgusting what's going on. It's impossible to say which side is right, which side is wrong, because if he did this to one woman, he should go to jail. But if this man is innocent, all 16 of them should go to jail because it's disgusting that you would stoop this low and, and, and whoever put them up to it, I'm hoping that's what we find out later on, that the Houston Texans literally uh, got a group of women together to take down Deshaun Watson. I would love for that to be the story, and this man sued him for billions of dollars. I would love for that to be the case. Absolutely, and I think I've known and talked with you well enough to say uh, I want to clarify when you started that little segment right there, you said it's easy to get a group of women to come together for a common goal. That goes with anybody when money's involved. It just so happens that women are at the center of this one with Deshaun Watson because that's who's bringing the allegations. It is a group of women collectively. We wouldn't believe it if you said uh, if they had men talking about some Deshaun, uh, <laughs> you know, sexual assault because. But for some reason, we don't feel it's that's, that's the way the world is. I don't know why people get upset with how the world is. It's just what it is. Men, we don't feel sorry for each other the way that other groups of people feel sorry for each other. Like, if I was to whine, every time you talk to me, I'm whining to you about my problems and this and that, you're going to eventually be like, hey, man, toughen up. Like, you're a man. Come on, get it together. Like, men, we, we, we're not sympathetic like that. So if we was to hear men, that's just like a man trying to say he got raped by some women. Like, right. men, you know, they're not going to take it serious. And it's not, and that's a great happen. point. It's not that it's not possible. It happens. It's yes. just that when a man says, I was sexually assaulted by a woman, the knee-jerk reaction is, Bro, what? 
Yeah. But when a woman says, I was sexually assaulted, the reaction is complete 180. Right. And so just to clarify that for everybody, we're not saying we're not calling out women in individually. It's very easy for any group of people to come together for a collective goal when they're all going to get paid to do so. And that might not be the case here. Right. We're still this is all preliminary. There has been no evidence brought up. We haven't seen the first report of these DMs. We haven't had a subpoena for his cell phone records. We haven't had any of this. So I want to bring up another point and, and I want to play a little bit of devil's advocate here and 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 have you give me your input as someone who's been through the NFL experience. How likely is it that someone at Deshaun Watson's level of celebrity in the NFL? Okay. And we're strictly we're talking money here, right? Because when you when you say celebrity, there's certain connotations that come with that. I don't think he's out in the public like Russell Wilson is with his wife and and Tom Brady being out there doing his stuff and Peyton Manning doing Peyton's places for ESPN. I'm not saying celebrity in the sense of how socially well known he is, but, but the, in terms but of the position itself, and in, in comes with a world. certain level of celebrity. It yes. does because of the money. The money puts you in a different plateau and makes your life under a microscope that other people are not subjected to. That is mm -hmm. the facts. Okay. So as someone who's been through the NFL experience, how likely is it that someone of Deshaun's Watson, Deshaun Watson's stature is scheduling his own massages in the off season to help him recover from off season workouts? The real me want to say zero, but because I know nothing is exact, I'm going to say 1% or 0.5%. If this man is scheduling his own massages, uh, there's no way for me to believe that. It's no way for me to believe that. Like, I didn't schedule my own massages on a lot of cases uh, in arena football. Like, you right. had people you talked to, like, hey, Man, I need a massage. And then that's you know you get a call, it's set up for you. Like uh the masseuse is gonna be here, or you go to them, whichever case it's gonna be, but it's somebody that the team trusts and everything, or if you reach out to a player or a teammate, they're gonna be like, I got you. You know what I'm right. saying? They're gonna send somebody they can trust who they ain't gotta worry about, they've been working with for years over to work on you. So for me to believe, I, I don't believe this man, not, not no quarterback, no commercial making, $40 million a year making man is actually setting up meetings with uh, massage therapists. I don't and believe I'll, I'll throw my little two cents in there on that because I, I did not play collegiately. I definitely didn't play professionally. But in the arena that I'm in, I've reached out to a lot of professionals. Um, one from my area, Grant Holloway. Most mm. people know who that is. He mm. came from Grassfield, 15 miles up the road from me. And he was going to come on my Super Bowl show that I did for my pot. Just a, a lowly little local podcast, right? Mm -hmm. And he had just got picked up by Adidas. And he had to tell me no because Adidas decided I didn't have enough media credential or reputation to interview him. He's now for those of you who don't know who Grant Holloway is, he's a track player. He's a track star. He's a world record holder in the hurdle. And he had just got done doing a Sports Illustrated segment where he was comparing what Najee Harris does for Alabama with his hurdling of players to what 
Grant Holloway does hurdling for Olympic style, Olympic competition level running, right? And the thing that makes Najee Harris so different, we've seen people hurdle, right, Rock? We see people hurdle players all the time. What makes Najee Harris different is that Najee Harris hurdles you and, and doesn't running. lose speed. Yeah. <laughs> he just keep go he keeps going. And Grant Holloway did a segment on that and breaking it down on the similarities between what he does and what Najee Harris does. And because of that and because of other things he's doing, he got picked up by Adidas. He doesn't even have control over who can who he can interview. Uh, a person that is from his own hometown that he wants to help, he can't do because Adidas said, "You're ours, you can't." So take that little bit of of pro style world that I was in and now apply that to Deshaun Watson. You think the Houston Texans are letting him schedule his own massages? You think the Houston Texans are letting him go and get service by people not approved by their organization? I, I mean, I don't, I don't understand how, and, and again, I didn't go to that level, but if I, if, if a, if a track star and no offense to Grant Holloway, but a track star and an, and a top five NFL quarterback, I don't want to get in that debate. We'll say top 10 NFL quarterback. It, it's not the same level with all due respect. It's not the same. So if a track star can't even use his own voice without permission, how is Deshaun Watson scheduling outside network masseurs to come to his house. And on top of that, break us down a little bit because I'm under the impression that once you get to the level of stature that Deshaun Watson is, and I'm not talking about tell me how his camp works. I'm asking you, Rock, to define for the people the need of a camp because it's my understanding that football is a full-time job when you get to his level. It's a full-time job if you even want to get to the college level. You have yeah. to wake up and eat, breathe, sleep football. You go to practice. You lift. You lift. You go to practice. You study. You read. And if you're not doing that, you're sleeping. And because of that, you have to have a camp to handle all your other business. So it's, explain to me the, nece the necessity of a camp. It's it's no way you can survive without one uh, because of this. It's, if you want to be great, it's no way you can survive without one. Because for one, man, like you said, college is like that. High school, literally football is all year round now, if people don't understand. Like, it is literally all year round with the travel teams and all that. So imagine being an adult that's making multi-millions. You're a quarterback. When you're a quarterback, you're the face of the franchise. Now, whether you like it or not. Whether you like it or not. Check this out. All of us have family and friends that we come up with, right? So when you get to the NFL, you get on a level like that, I'm pretty sure he has employed people who are not qualified to do certain jobs that are family and friends, right? Just so he can keep them close, keep them out of trouble, things of that sort. So he probably has double of everything. You know how when you first, when you first move in with a woman, you got two toasters, two microwaves, two everything, right? It's like that in football when you first start out until you get enough guts to either fire your relatives and friends or they have been around long enough to where they understand the business and they're able to handle this now. So you'd rather pay them to do the job 
than to pay a stranger. So for the most part, I'm willing to bet that he has two people, a family, a loved one, I mean, a friend of loved one and a professional doing all these jobs, right? Because like you said, this man has to practice. This man has to lift. He has to watch film with the team. He has to watch film on his own. He has to do commercials. He has to eat a certain way, right? So it's somebody paying attention and watching all of that. Someone has to literally have an itinerary and tell him, well, you're going to be able to sleep in between these times because most of the time when you play football in the NFL, you're at the house like at 5.30 a.m. And you're back at home around about 6 o'clock, 6.30. That's a lot of time. So in between those times and everything, you got to figure out when to sleep, when to eat, all of this, when to spend time with family, if he got a girlfriend, when to call mama, all of that. Like, okay, you got this commercial, you got to do at 1 o'clock. You get what I'm saying? You got this charity event because they're required to do certain charity events you got to do this event at this time. Like, it's no time for him to sit around and be scheduling things on his own. He is worth too much. And you know how it goes. The more you make, the more that comes to you. Because he's a quarterback, because he signed this big deal, everybody wants him to do an endorsement now. So it's that is very far-fetched to believe that he – was personally contacting these people. Okay. And I'm with you there. I mean, from and I, again, I have minimal understanding. That's why I respect your opinion. You've got full understanding um, of, of what an NFL life is like. And, and you only played at a minuscule level. He is top tier. And the understanding you have, magnify that, ladies and gentlemen, by whatever number you want. This is rock telling you, I didn't even take a snap in the NFL, but I went through the Jets organization and I know enough about this. So let's play a little bit of both sides here. And because we are, we are in a situation where right now it's he said versus she times 16 said, (laughs) what happens if, what happens if, if, if the trial goes through and everything goes through, because keep in mind, we're not saying that Deshaun Watson's innocent. Because no one knows. What we're saying is that it's very unlikely that the the nature with which this went down was plausible. Okay? It just seems weird. But let's say that that the trial goes through. And and I got to say something else about this. I'm going to get off track a little bit. But this dude, in my opinion, his career might possibly be over because of this. And he and here's why I'm not innocent or not. Even if he's innocent, even if he's innocent, he is behind the eight ball. The allegations have come out. If he gets into a settlement, society is going to take that as guilty. And it's not just because he's. It's. I'm just going to be honest. And if I'm offending anybody, I'm sorry that you can't handle honesty. It's not because he's black. It's not because he's a quarterback in the NFL. It's not because he makes too much money. It's because of none of that. That's society. If I enter into a plea agreement and I say, I will pay you X amount of money so this can just go away, that is an automatic societal acceptance of guilt, period. Thanks. It's not in a court of law, but in society, 
you're guilty. You settle, you're guilty. So if he settles, he's guilty. Who wants him? And it's going to be more people who come out and do the same thing. Because so everyone can... wants a piece of the pie. Right? Oh, he can't win. He can't win. If he if he goes to court and fights for his name, he's on the commissioner's exempt list, but can't compete. This could take five, six, seven years. This could take the rest of his prime for him to clear his name. So if he settles, he's guilty, and he's got a bad stigma. If he fights for his name, he loses his prime. Where's the win for Deshaun Watson in this? There no. is none. And the only way that you can go through this scenario and say that's fair is if he is found 100% guilty. If he's found 100% guilty and he goes through five years of court to try and clear his name and loses the prime of his career and never plays another down, bro, you deserve it. You deserve what you did it. was disgusting and inappropriate, and there's no room for that in any country whatsoever, especially in America. Okay, mm -hmm. No room for it in any country. I don't know why I said especially America, but that's just where we're at. <laughs> so there's no room for that. If he settles, right? If he settles, he's guilty anyway. No one wants to look. Let's go down to Ray Rice. Where's he at? Exactly. And I told people when that happened, I said, you're going to hurt her and his family more than you're going to hurt him. Because she's going to stay with him. And oh, Absolutely. But the thing is, what people don't understand, and, and maybe they do and they just don't care, and, and that that's to be honest with you, that's a very that's a very acceptable way to think. Your problem is not my problem. My problem is my problem. But let's look at it with some empathy and some compassion. They have been accustomed to living at a certain level. It just comes with the territory. They didn't ask for it. It was God given talent that got them there. Mm -hmm. Okay. And they get accustomed to living to a certain level and all that gets ripped away because of a social stigma. Now I got to find a way to provide my family at that same level without that same level of income. People don't think I listen, I've never disclosed this to anybody, but I'm going to do it right here live on sports with BJ with rock Dylan broke ribs, rock Dylan. I work in insurance. Okay. Mm -hmm. I'm an in insurance and I tell people every single day, there is never enough liability insurance because of the litigious society we live in, people are suing more and more every day for the stupidest stuff, and they are winning. And every time a stupid lawsuit gets won, a precedent is set. And now they can fall back on that and expound upon that. And now the next idiot can come along and sue for something stupid and the next and the next. And we've established a precedent of societal acceptance that has nothing to do with a court of law and what's really right and wrong. Like when they like when the guy broke into these people's house and failed to hurt himself and sued them. And uh, mm -hmm. when, when the uh, lady uh, dropped her coffee at McDonald's on herself and burnt herself. She sued them and won because the cup didn't say caution hot, but you know coffee is hot. So that's not yeah, like <laughs> people. But what about the advantage. what about the lady that sued McDonald's and won a multi million dollar lawsuit because her son ended up obese because she fed him <laughs> Happy Meals every day? Yeah, that's ridiculous. Like I don't there get. Was I don't get how you can win something like that. Like it, it that show you how messed up our uh justice system is period because you can go 
and win something like that. But when you got people in jail for like like marijuana, right? Mm-hmm. But we got it's legal in so many states. I I I I think the game that we play with people is so disgusting because I think each level of this system just points the finger into they want you. Like when, when it's them you're coming out there, they're like, well, that's on the local level. Then local level telling you, no, that's on the state level. State level telling you that's on the federal level. And they just keep passing the book. But when any one of them wants you, they can come get you just like that for whatever they want. So we we, we just live in a messed up system to where, um, I guess, Capitalism taking taking advantage, capitalizing on an opportunity, whether it means destroying somebody's life, is just a way of life, and and that's not cool. Because Deshaun may be done and innocent, and innocent. Like you said, the only way for this to feel okay when we look back on it is if he is found guilty. And that's disgusting because now you got 16 women who, man, I feel bad for him, you know, because of of what he has done to them. So that's, I don't know, man. I, right. I, I don't know. I don't know how we fix that. I don't even think it's possible to fix it, fix it because they're so afraid of, um, discouraging women who are actually assaulted from coming forward. They don't want them to feel like, oh, if I come forward, I could possibly go to jail or or be crucified in the court of public opinion. So we just let that hang out there like that. Uh, I I don't know. That's the reason why I I believe the law should be changed recording. If I I was in, in his position, I record everything I do. I'm everything. talking about I literally record sexual encounters, everything. Like you could tell this was sexual, I mean, uh, consensual sex. Right. And another thing I want to make a point of there's one lady who said, and this was early on before there were 16. I think at this point there were only two, three, maybe five, whatever. The, it was a smaller number than 16. And she said that he repeatedly did these things to her. Right. So my question is now mm-hmm. listen. There's a difference between, and I'm going to make this perfectly clear. There's a difference between being in an abusive relationship and having feeling like you've got no way out. That's a real thing, right? Mm-hmm. There are plenty of men that will hold their their ability to provide over a female and use that to control them and do what they want with them. This is not what we're talking about. You mean, you mean to tell me that this dude scheduled a massage with you assaulted you, you saw his name on the book again, and you and showed you up for that. the appointment. We, we, we've we seen this before. We've heard this before. That was my thing with Bill Cosby. Like, hold on. You telling me this man drugged you and raped you, and you got on another plane and went back to him time after time after time again? I, I'm sorry. Like, I, I don't know. I, I, I know this mental control and stuff like that is very powerful. I don't see like you said, it's it different when it's different when you live in a home with someone, you don't have any means at all. So they're controlling you with that. You know, they physically abusing you, they're mentally abusing you. You feel like you have nowhere to go. They got you away from your people, isolated. I understand that woman. But you mean to tell me a woman who's gone off fine doing whatever she wants to do 
gets a call, gets assaulted, leaves, back to doing whatever she wants to do, get a call again and go back? No, no. I'm sorry. I, I don't believe you. And if at, if at any point, and here's my whole reason, listen, we I just said it. And we, I have to keep, keep repeating myself because it's such a sensitive subject. And I want to make sure that our points and our standpoints are clear. We are not saying that this doesn't happen. We're not even saying that Deshaun Watson's innocent. We're just taking the facts that have been given so far and drawing common sense deductions. Okay. But if at any point you had a leg to stand on in a lawsuit, it was the first time he did it and tried to schedule it again. Not after he went back to you and you serviced him for whatever that term means multiple times. That's not the time that you've got the you've got the clout to file the lawsuit. It's the first time. Hey, he did this. I wasn't cool with it. Let's bounce out. I would I if that would have been the case, I would be way more inclined to believe it. If someone come out and said Deshaun Watson scheduled a massage, a massage with me, someone from his camp reached out scheduled this massage. I showed up to his house. He exposed himself, forced me to do stuff, and I'm over it. It's not happening again. One time, okay. But you kept going back? Like, now now you don't have as much of a leg to stand on, and, and just in my opinion. Because at that particular point, in my, and I hate to say this word, and it's probably going to make some people mad, but at that particular point, it's voluntary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if it ha- if it happened once, what do you think he's scheduling you again for? George George Bush told y'all a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> he tried. He tried. So what is it? First time, shame on you. Second time, shame on me. The third time, you, you we can't got get an agreement. <laughs> That's what he said. The third time, we got an agreement, right? Now, my thing is this. <laughs> Normally in a situation like this, when people are telling the truth, first you hear that first person come out, right? And because a person like Deshaun may have more money, he's more powerful and all that, he can get it swept under the rug, right? Mm -hmm. But you heard it, you heard it, and we kind of let it go by, he been playing and all that. Then next thing you know, it happens again, and more people come out. You're like, hold on now. That first person probably wasn't lying. They said this months or years back, but not all of a sudden. Just, you mean to tell me he, just, he didn't do this at Clemson? He just started doing this type stuff? Like, he, right. didn't, do this, he didn't do this throughout his rookie contract? Like, right. It's- and that's a great point because what I don't like is he – and this is not – this is not me drawing a conclusion and, and paraphrasing. This has actually been said. He is a serial assaulter. He is a serial predator. When, when did it start then? When, and when did it stop. start? They, they, like, it don't just happen out the blue. Like It's a buildup. And then once it happens, they can't control themselves. So you mean to tell me, where's the buildup? Right. We're like because if he has a problem, he has a problem. He ain't been getting seeking help from it. So that that's it's so many things like and as a, I I believe I can beat this case myself. He could have hired me because it's so much <laughs> it's so much reasonable doubt, man. Broke it's ribs ridiculous. and all. 
yeah, broke ribs. I've been to Holland, broke ribs instead of injection. But uh, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's so much reasonable doubt with these cases. It's like, I think they know that it's a it's a way of just making his life miserable. Yeah. Well, we'll see what plays out there, but we will move from an accused predator to an actual predator. Um, and that is Daniel Schneider with the Washington football team. And uh, this hits hard for me because I'm a Washington fan, have been my whole life. And um, he just took the next large step. It's all but done now. Um, so we'll give a little bit of background. There's a rule in the NFL. Uh, there's an NFL max debt. The, uh, the maximum amount of debt you can go in to keep your organization running. Basically, it's a, a blanket, from my understanding, to keep you from going bankrupt. COVID hit. It was $350 million, somewhere around there. They passed a bill uh, or whatever they do in the NFL amongst the owners uh, to make it $500 million was the max debt you could go in. Um, and Daniel Snyder just got a waiver of that to for him personally make it 845 million so that he can buy out the remaining 40 and a half percent of the Washington football team and in doing so get rid of the the other three owners that he shares ownership with and gain full control of his organization for as much as he possibly can. I don't think any owner has full control. There's still some stuff there that he has no say over, but for all intents and purposes, we'll call it 99% control of his organization. And the thing that sickens me about this rock is he's already been found guilty of filming. And well, I'm sorry, let me state this correctly. He has been found guilty in a, in the court of social opinion by settling that he employed people to film wardrobe changes of Washington Redskins cheerleaders on site at at exotic destinations while they were doing calendar shoots. He settled under the accusation that he was supplying Washington football cheerleaders to high-level investors and VIPs in the organization to form a relationship These are all things that were brought against him that he paid money to settle, okay? The NFL owners, the only way that he gets this waiver and the only way that he's able to pay $845 million to buy out his other part-time partial owners is if the owners come to a unanimous decision. It doesn't even have to be unanimous. It just has to be a majority vote to allow him to do so. So that means that 17... Well, technically 16, because I don't know that he gets a vote. But they the, half the league or more has to say, yeah, we're cool with this. And that's where we're at. And, and that's, put- that, that, that's the reason why when you say 99, you're pretty much accurate. Like, if I had the means to buy a team in the NFL and you own the team, you cannot sell me your team without the rest of them approving it right (laughs) that's how you keep it a good old boy type situation right and so now we're in a situation here where daniel schneider who has paid a settlement on accusations of sexual assault let's call it what it is privacy invasion invasion of privacy whatever you want to call it he employed people to film women naked that he was employing to entertain his fans one of the most 
How like, smart people, I'm sorry for cutting you off. No, go for it. How are people as intelligent as Dan that stupid? It, like, this is a multi-billionaire and you do things like this. I'm sorry, correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, I may need to brush up on my law skills, but last I checked, it's not illegal to offer people money for... Uh, is it illegal? Is that considered prostitution if you offer someone money for sex or to record them? To my knowledge, if you exchange payment for sexual favors, that's prostitution. So that's marriage. But anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, but I, I say that, though, to say this, like, I'm pretty sure this man is so wealthy that he can take all those cheerleaders on a trip out the country and, and told them all, look here, I, I want to sleep with all y'all for the pay you. And they all would do it. Like, so to do this creep stuff, I don't get I don't get where the creepness creeps in with these wealthy people. Like, you got the money and the power, why not use it in a good way? Like, look here. I really think you're beautiful. I like all y'all. I want to give all y'all three hundred thousand dollars because it's gonna cost some more if he gets in a lawsuit. I want to mm -hmm. pay you. Yeah. Like, okay. To me, it's that simple. Yeah, and and unfortunately, most of the time, and especially in Daniel Snyder's situation, Dan, he came into money. All right, he didn't earn money. He came into money, um, and unfortunately, sometimes that breeds some of the stupidest people to walk the face of the earth. And and I think that's what we have here in this situation. I mean, you're right. You you get to a certain level of wealth, and you believe any and everything can be bought. But at the same time, when any and everything can be bought, you gain a sense of invincibility. And the, law, yeah. the longer you go getting away with something, the more right it becomes in your twisted mind. Right. Sounds like an athlete. It's, it might be. But I mean, you know, you know what I'm saying though? Like if I if I go up to the store right now and I take a bag of grapes and put it in my coat and come home, I know I stole. I know I stole. If I go to the store tomorrow and do it again, and two people look at me. And don't say anything. Now that's called what? Validation. Right? Mm -hmm. Okay, well, they didn't say anything. And I keep doing it and doing it and doing it. Eventually, what was wrong becomes habitually right in my mind. Mm -hmm. Right? And we're not talking ethics. We're not, we're not talking ethics here. We're talking just pure respect for human beings. And yes. in this particular instance, he had none. None. Whether it's because... Maybe he did offer. I don't know. Maybe he did offer and he got turned down and this was his way. But this 15 years, bro. 15 years he's been doing this. And here we are. And I'm just gonna I'm gonna call it like I see it. And I can't help, I can't help it. At the same time, you got Deshaun Watson getting blasted by 16 people. You got Dan Snyder getting blasted by 15 years worth of cheerleaders that are at least willing to come forward. Not all of them. But for 15 years, this has been going on. Robert Kraft got in trouble for similar things as Deshaun Very Watson. Similar. And yeah. it's gone. See, but that's a different type power. It's a different is it, let me, well, Hold on, let me ask you, though. Is it is it a different type power or is it who you are? What your skin <laughs> is? 
I, see, I, I think both play a part. Um, because um, but then again, like it, it depends when it comes to the skin. Because I believe this, I believe Oprah can get away with some stuff that other rich black people can't get away That's with. True. Like, you see what I'm saying? Like, I love Oprah, that point. Man, Oprah Winfrey got some power, bro. So, for decades, no one could get close to that prince. And she got an exclusive interview asking him questions about the fact. Give me all the dirt, baby. Give me all the dirt. Exactly. So it de- I think your skin matters, but I think the wealth matters uh, more than anything. Like, look at Robert Kraft. This man is probably in every refrigerator in America. But can we be That's honest right. for a second, though? Kraft mac and cheese is trash. <laughs> like if you if you if I come to your house with some mac and cheese and it's not Velveeta shells and cheese, exactly, we're having a different conversation. Facts, but I'm pretty sure you got his his slices and stuff in the refrigerator somewhere. You know, like to put on a hamburger sandwich or something like that. So I, I just look at things like that. Like man, these people lend money probably to the government. Like that's how powerful they are. Like hey, we need to bail the country out. Huh, I'm going to get X amount back when I give you this. Uh, so when you have that type of power, you can snap your, the, the law is a line. The same crimes are committed above the law and beneath the law. Just above the law don't have to pay for it. You know, so that, that's what I'm saying. Like, well, they pay can, for it. We just don't ever see it. We, well, I look at it like this. I can rob you with a gun and people look at me like I'm a disgusting criminal. But you can rob me with a pen, and it's cool. Because you knew some words I didn't know. So, to me, robbery is robbery. Right. So, you know, but who you think the pen for? I said that in a rap before. It's, it's crazy that they call uh, correctional facilities the pen. So, like, I be thinking right. about stuff like that. But, yeah, like, Deshaun Watson has committed basically the same crime. No, matter of fact, he is not worse than Kraft. No, because Robert Kraft, Robert Kraft had a parlor on payroll that he was taking his partners to. Yes. Deshaun, Deshaun Watson being accused of DMing people to come to his house. Yes. It's, Which I, I mean, don't even it's, think it's a it's crime. It's different, but it's not different. But here we are. You've got two people sexually assaulting people we'll, we'll take three but I, i'm going to use two in this particular example you got dan snyder sexual assaulting cheerleaders you've got deshaun watson allegedly sexually assaulting masseurs deshaun watson's career for all we know is probably over now dan snyder's got handed the keys to the organization he hasn't been handed keys to since the time he got there what's going on in this picture and guess what? He's going to still win. Even if they force him to sell his team, he'll sell it for more than it's worth. Remember Donald Sterling? Clippers weren't worth no $2 billion. Mm-mm. He got $2 billion for him after he did what he did. Like, the rich keep getting rich. You see what I'm saying? The wealthy keep getting wealthier. When But Deshaun will be hurt from this. Now, what, what Dan Poole and what Robert Kraft did, it's evidence that they are guilty. Yet, it's gonna be a slap on the wrist for the both of them. I I I, I yeah. don't see I don't see how Deshaun comes out better than those two. He won't. He won't. And at the bottom, at the end of the day, the bottom line here for me with this Daniel Snyder situation is moving forward. 
I mean, it didn't take this for me to make this point, but it's just fuel to my fire because it's personal because it's my team that it happened to. The NFL can no longer take a stance on any social issue whatsoever with any kind of merit. None. Mm. The second you start to talk, I'm done listening. We can go back to Kaepernick. We can go back to Robert Kraft. We can go back. This dude was found guilty in a court of public opinion. He paid settlement. There were there was evidence. There were tapes, bro. There were tapes of these chicks being filmed, called the good bits. He labeled them so that the so that the so that the filmers, the filmographers, knew what to give him when he asked for it. He admitted to it. But I he do can, not. I don't get that. It's you can literally go and find porn with better looking women. Um, like you can find so much stuff out here in the world with see, because that's what makes it wrong to me. These people weren't able to consent. You have consenting adults who who will do all of this for you. Are mm-hmm. uh, you want you want a video of some cheerleaders? I'm pretty sure you own. You got enough money, and you probably got some Washington Redskins cheerleader uniforms at your house. You can pay women to get in uniforms and be recorded. Mm-hmm. Right. So, I don't know, so that's where the creep in them shows up. Because see, it's no thrill in it being easy. He got to take it. You see what I'm saying? He got to, right. you know, that's that's where it comes from. Like, oh yeah, I'm not supposed to be doing this. So. Now I'm stealing it. You see what I'm saying? At the same time, dude, like, how has he not been hit with soliciting prostitution? Because there were many women on record that said he they would do these fundraising events or go to their annual charity, whatever, and they would be approached saying, Hey, I got in a hotel room upstairs, client XYZ. I think you should go up there and form a relationship with him. Bro, what what are we doing? But he gets full ownership of an NFL team. He gets more power. That dude that was filming women unknowingly, that was providing an area for prostitution to occur, he gets full ownership of a team. But we care about the issues, right? We care mm-hmm. about the issues. Hashtag BLM. Hashtag unity. The NFL so full of crap, they it, can't even see through their own. It's very full of crap. Like, look when they started supporting Kaepernick. Well, really, technically, they still haven't, but start even acknowledging it. It's when when it's popular to when it seems that it's not going to harm your bottom line. And I don't see any of this correcting itself because of the power that those type people have. Um, I don't I don't know if you saw this movie on Netflix called I Care A Lot. It's on my list. I have not watched it. I'm do. I'll be uh-huh. honest with you. I'm stuck on Last Chance You. That show is so good. Uh, I'm, I'm, I mean to watch that also. I don't want to give it away um, since you plan on watching it. No, but go anyway, for it. There's something, there's something to be said about the experience of watching it. But go ahead. Hit your point with it. My point is this. The movie is basically about elderly people being taken advantage of, right? Being stripped of everything that they own and everything, being forced into foster homes, and they selling all their prized possessions and all of that, right? Uh, I mean, to uh, old folks' homes and stuff like that. This woman, like, she's unstoppable. They mostly try to find people who don't have family members and stuff, but of course, she run across some people who do have loved ones who try to fight her on it, but they can't fight her because she's too powerful. She makes so much money 
billionaire, no, nothing no one can do about it. Well, basically at the end of it, it looks like she gets away with everything and that one son who loves his mama dearly, who know that his mama not crazy and you keeping her against her will, went up and blowed her butt off. And I, I'm not saying for someone to go out and shoot an NFL owner or anything like that, but when it comes to people with power like that, they're above the law. No law is going to – there's nothing in place to stop them because they're in so many people's pockets. When we think about politics and all that type stuff, when in these campaigns they have to be ran, these people are the ones lining these people's pockets. And you see what I'm saying? It's a trickle-down effect down to the judges and everything. So who's going to put their reputation on the line? You know how powerful this person is. If I know you a multi-billionaire and you've been giving me money illegally because there are caps on how much you can donate and things of that sort to keep people from controlling things of a, a particular candidate. So if I know I've been doing all this dirt with you, I'm not about to arrest you so you can release everything that you have on me so i'm gonna keep bj happy and that's what's going on out here it's like it's like the world has to correct itself like someone has to throw their life away and come out there and just take matters into their own hand so that's what i liked about the movie at the end it was pissing me off but then when i saw someone took matters in their own hand i was happy because it's not right for someone to get over on people like that you know, there was a Netflix documentary I'm sure many people have seen on Aaron Hernandez. And I don't know if the directors put this in on purpose or not, but it was one of the most powerful parts of that movie for me. Um, there was a point where Aaron Hernandez was in court and Bill Belichick and Robert Kraft got subpoenaed. And the same people that bent over backwards for him and made him feel like they were family and made him feel like they were there for him in every single way possible. At the time, they, they needed him most just to – I'm not saying that he was innocent of what he did. Obviously, we know now through that documentary and some things that have came out, the dude was dealing with a lot. He was possibly gay and dealing with that. Um, he had a lot of mental issues. He had upwards of 30-plus concussions. Uh, a lot going on there. But at the moment, he needed someone – to be there for him. Nobody was there. Nobody was there. And one of the most powerful parts of that document was when Bill Belichick and Robert Kraft walked into that courtroom and would not even make eye contact with him. Like, how dare you burn me? How dare you? How dare you put what in jeopardy for y'all? What? What What was Aaron personally? What was Aaron Hernandez putting in jeopardy for you? Nothing. Nothing. He made his own decisions. That's his life. It didn't. It sure as crap didn't matter when he was performing on the field. Exactly. That didn't matter. But and, and to me, that spoke powerful. Not because that particular situation. That's definitely different with all the murders and everything going on. But that's really kind of the way the NFL is. Like it's as long as you do what you're supposed to do, which is unfortunately continue to make the powers that be money. We cool. What do you need? I got I think you. It, I think it's that way with the majority of the world except for a mother. Because a mother has that unconditional love. Like you, 
I, I guarantee you, if I, I don't know if she was alive or what, but if Jeffrey Dahmer stood trial, I bet his mom was in there like, not my baby, no, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. trying to take oh. off on and, and, and I He's still got a homegirl that does that to this day. See? So he, that my, one girl that she, my, she convinced he was in love with her. Wow. But when it comes to people who are in the public limelight, they want to uh, distance themselves from you so quick. And to me, because they're worried about what others would say. Like, this is my thing. I can know I can know you from my experiences and, you know, from my time being around you. And I can stand on that. Well, I don't care if I find out you something totally different. I can be like, that's not the guy I knew. Like, why in the world do I have to act, not even acknowledge you as a person? That's hurt. Like, I don't believe that man committed suicide, but if he did, I can see why he would. Because to feel alone, like, people are not designed to be alone. We're not even, you know, we're not meant to be that way. We seek it. You know what I'm saying? Validation for others and just comfort in others. So when the people you trust the most turn their back on you, that hurt. That hurt big time. And we, we, we're we so quick to do that in this world. Like, look, look what's going on with Deshaun right now. I feel like Deshaun should be supported right now until proven otherwise. But we're not. You know what people saying? Man, I'm going to fall back until I see what happened. You know, and then if if he watch what happens if he found to be innocent, it's gonna be so much uproar from people and the black community, which is disgusting. See, that's messed up. Y'all messed up this young black man career and all that. No, what was that right now when he needed you? Right. Let's start scaring people from doing this to you in the beginning. Like to me, that's just like self defense. Like you got a right to. Prepare your home in a way to where people say, you know what, I'm not about to try that house. I'm not about to try them people because I know what the consequences are for stepping on that man's property, right? Instead of waiting to after the fact. And that's what we do. We want to wait and see, okay, is it clear, is it safe to support him? We did that with Colin. It, see, if we would have stood behind Colin Kaepernick during his time, he'll still be in the NFL. Mm -hmm. But no, look how many players refused it. Y'all got the kneeling and everything after the fact, after he was long gone, which it couldn't help him at that time. If everyone would have took a stance with him because what he was taking a knee for was valid. Whether you liked the method or not, what he was kneeling for and standing for, you end up doing it anyway. But now he was crucified. See, that's what I'm saying. We have that happen so much. When you destroy one, it's a message to all. That's mm -hmm. the, and that's the reason why like, people be like, man, you can't make everything about slavery. Right. I most definitely don't want to make everything about slavery because that is a real touchy subject. But that's the reason why they were uh, strap you to a pole and beat you in front of everybody. So they can see, like, ooh, I don't want that to happen to me. So I refuse to challenge authority. And that's what's happening with a lot of these guys uh, in professional sports. Mm -hmm. And I think I think with the Colin Kaepernick thing, 
it was the first we saw of it, right? We've never seen someone protest the flag outside of, I don't know how to, I mean, crazy people burning the flag, stuff like that. Now, listen, burning the flag is a felony. You go to jail. You cannot mm-hmm. do that, right? Mm-hmm. There is nothing against kneeling for the national anthem. And when right. you think about it, you know, we, we're supposed to say this pledge to the I pledge allegiance to the flag, United States of America, and to the republic for which it stands. Think about those words. To the republic for which it stands. That's the United States of America. Indivisible, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. And all he was saying is that is Maybe. not the case. I Make can't stand on them words. I can't honestly, in my humble opinion, stand and pledge allegiance and give faith to an anthem I don't believe is standing by what it stands for. Thank you. That's, that's all he was saying. Say. And that's just a form it was a form of protest. I don't have a problem with him kneeling during the national anthem. It's not like he was out here saying F America and, and, and all this stuff. And I know there's certain things that people are spinning and, and I don't know all of Colin Kaepernick's story, but he was trying to bring light to social injustice. If it's going to be united, we stand and divided, we fall. And if it's going to be one Republic indivisible and justice for all, then it needs to be indivisible and justice for all. But right now we have divisions in our country. So how can we upright stand? And pledge allegiance to something that is divisible. We we live in a country where tradition matters more than what's right. Um, I just moved from Memphis to Georgia, right? And mm-hmm. and I like I I really like where I live. It's small and everything. You know, when you move to Georgia, everybody say they stay in Atlanta, but I technically don't stay in Atlanta. And here I am being naive. You know, when the George Floyd situation happened, they were tearing down all these uh, rebel statues and everything, right? I thought they all were gone. I really did. Like, in Memphis, we got one that we've been worn down for so many years. It's, it's been long gone and everything. So my kids wanted to eat at this particular piece of spot where they make grill. It's a local place, small owned, all that. And as we walking through the little park area to get to the place, big old rebel statue, clear as day. Like, we know what the rebels stood for and what they wanted to continue here in this country. And why is that not a crime to, you shouldn't even be able to even print up rebel flag. You really shouldn't. If it's illegal, it's just like the national anthem. If you like, I'm 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 gonna tell you what it means for me and what, what what's been going on my entire life. Before every sporting event, they have always played the national anthem, right? And I was ignorant of what the national anthem was until Colin Kaepernick came around. I always thought it was only one verse, the one that we heard them sing. And what it used to do for me was my life used to flash before my eyes during this time. Like before a game, you can literally see me in tears. Like I'm ready to get out here and rip somebody's head off because everything that I've been through in life has led me to this moment right here. That's how special I thought the anthem was for me. 
you know, as I'm hearing these words being sung. And when Colin did what he did and brought to light who wrote the song, and that is, yes, and that is actually four verses. And when you read that third uh, verse, it's like, man, come on. This is all part of one song. How, like, why is America so opposed to changing that because of what it is saying about slaves and black people? Like, mm -hmm. why can't we come up with a better song that suits Americans? So to me, that is prime example of, hey, we're still looking at as three-fifths of a man. So just for reference, for those that don't know what Rock's talking about, that third verse of the National Anthem, it well, we say National Anthem, Star-Spangled Banner uh, in 1814, Francis Scott Key wrote the poem Defense of Fort McHenry, um, and that poem was later put to the tune of John Stafford Smith's song, the Anacratonic, or Anacreontic, I can't even say that word, Anacreontic. Creontic song, whatever, modified somewhat, and retitled the Star Spangled Banner. Uh, Congress made it the national anthem in 1931. That third verse goes a little something like this. And where is that band who so vauntly swore that the havoc of war and the battle's confusion, a home and a country, should leave us no more? Their blood was washed out, their, full, their foul footsteps pollution. No refuge could save the hireling and slave from the terror or flight of the groom of the grave and the star-spangled banner and triumph doth wave or the land of the free and the home of the brave. Um, that is basically saying, if we could paraphrase, y'all thought you could get away with it. Y'all thought that you could put an end to it, but it's never going to happen. Um, and, and that might be a little too paraphrased but i don't know like i don't know how else their blood was washed out and their foul footsteps pollution their blood along with their foul footprints have been washed from the history of what we've created um and and that doesn't always get get put out we just get that one that one verse oh say can you see i mean it's become such a such a national pastime that we can bet on it like we, you can bet every year on the Super Bowl the over under of how long it's going to take the national anthem to be sung, and it gets sung with such passion, and we sit there and we go, "Oh, it's so beautiful! Oh, they did such a good job!" And "Oh, America, this," but we don't want to talk about the history. You can't, you can't take one section of an entire song that was adapted and say that that doesn't have the same context. Like if I go out and I say something completely off off sheet and offensive, and then two minutes later say, "I love everybody and everything is all fine and dandy," that doesn't erase what I said in that conversation. It doesn't make it go. You can't just and that I think that's kind of what a lot of people are getting at. We have a history of picking and choosing when rules apply, mm -hmm. and and I, that's a great point to bring up. And, and that's what he was trying to bring light to is that y'all, please don't be so naive as to think that the thing that's been engraved into your head since you were five years old, going to grade school that, you know, or kindergarten, grade school, whatever, that, that that's just all there is to it. There's more to that song and a reason that was written. I mean, look at the timeline of when that was written, 1814, 
1814, and then it was adopted as a national anthem in 1931. In 1931, we just got done with, I believe, a world war, right? And and you could say that a lot of that was, um, a lot of that was because of you know all the other nations that were coming against us, and we prevailed. That's fine, but it was adapted in 1814. It was exactly. written in 1814. Well, that has nothing to do with World War One. With World War One ending, you got to think about this. You still had uh, slaves who had to participate in these wars, who had to come back home and just—I mean, I said slaves, but uh, men that weren't free because we mm-hmm. slaves were technically freed and. In eighteen what sixties, so um, but you still had to fight in these wars and come back to a country that treated you like garbage. They were still hanging right. you and killing you and shooting you. You had to the same man you just fought on the battlefield with. You had to get your seat up to mm-hmm. on on the ride back. Like uh, America's history is disgusting and. And we don't want to face it head on, and that's why we continue to to have the problems that we have. Like I, I just say, let's do away with it. Like, wh- what do conquerors do? Like, that's the reason why I, I I love history, but it's only so much of history you can believe because the stories that are told are the stories of the conquerors. Like, when you conquer someone, you're gonna destroy everything about them that you don't like and tell your own story. So depending on when you got the information or if you found some information to contradict what you're reading, most time what you're reading, like it could be, you could be reading the, the stories of the bad guys or the good guys. We, we never know, you know, depending right. on who's telling it. It's, it. it's like a relationship. When you get with a woman, you're not going to let her keep the pictures of her ex up in the house. Like, those pictures got to go. All existence of him have to go. His growth has got to come out of that drawer. <laughs> so, exactly. <laughs> it's the same with history, period. Uh, you might be the worst guy she ever been with. But if you if, if that's the story, you the guy she married, that's what they know her as, is such and such wife and stuff like that. And that's what America is, man. We we got all these terrible uh, stories that we hold on to for what reason, I don't know. I don't think it's going to change anything because money rules in this country. It's, there's things that have been put in place to have things the way that they are to where we don't have to hold on to history like that. We need to start mm-hmm. correcting a lot of this history. Not liking someone because of the color of their skin is disgusting. Right. And just, yeah. And just for reference on the timeline, World War One ended in nineteen fourteen. Emancipation Proclamation was delivered in eighteen sixty two, I believe. Eighteen sixty two. Um, so yeah, and I, to be honest with you, man, there's a lot there to unpack, and I'd love to have a separate conversation. I don't understand why we still teach slavery in school. Um, I don't understand why that has to be brought to light. I think to continue to teach it keeps it alive, it, and that's just my opinion. Now, I understand that there's a dark there's a dark side to it, and people need to know what happened. Um, but but to dive deep into it, and, and I mean, if you want if you want to if you want to study slavery, if you want to study that particular era, there's specialty 
classes you can take at the university level. But to be teaching this stuff at the younger age level, um, I, th I think can, in the right situation, breed more hate. I think it can help people form opinions based on what happened. Um, and it just, I, I don't like the idea that if, I, if I'm sitting there teaching a sixth grader that somebody was raped, pillaged, destroyed, humiliated because of the color of their skin. That's you putting the idea in my head. Mm. Like that's you bringing it to my attention that that happened. You can tell me, you can tell me it's wrong all you want. And you can tell me that a gentleman went and, and freed everybody. That same gentleman get, we get taught the next chapter got shot for doing so. Like it's not pretty. And yeah, if we don't, if we don't, you know, history will repeat itself if we don't correct it. I don't know. But why, why is it that we have to learn about it and have it ingrained as curriculum? That's, I guess that's my point. I, it's, I it's, it, it's one thing I, to learn about it for it to be curriculum, mm -hmm. to teach people that there, that hate existed back in the 1800s. Um, for some reason, I just, I feel like we should teach less about it. Um, and not necessarily in a sense that doesn't bring awareness to it. Cause again, I do think it's important. Um, but I, I, this like, I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong. I, I don't know. Um, I, I don't, I don't want to say that you're wrong, but I, I'm going to tell you why I feel like it's necessary because you, you said it, you just said it yourself. If you don't know your history is doomed to repeat itself. And I'm not just, uh, being cliche with that reason why I'm saying that is the 13th amendment, right? Who does that affect? It affects black males more than anything. It's amazing how we can make up 13, 14% of a population. I'm talking about that's male and female. Yet our males represent the majority of the prison system where they can still treat you like a slave because of that. So showing our people that Man, this is what happened to us. This is what can happen to you if this happens. You see what I'm saying? There's still laws in place to where they can still really treat you that way. They can mm -hmm. still do these things and strip you of everything because of law. See, man, I I I know we can we can get long winded. We with could this go stuff, forever. Yeah, yeah. Like I I believe that I believe that the powers that be. Whether it's some old white men or whoever, just old smart men, period. Because I think with what they pulled with slavery was genius because you're affecting people for generations to come because there's a lot of bad habits still instilled in us. Mm -hmm. um, but words and images are very powerful. And I don't think people really understand that. That's the reason why you have certain laws and stuff. On the books, you have things that have not. We still have all these old things that govern us that did not have us in mind. That's really like I always tell people this, uh, like when it comes to religion. The Bible does not describe a, a blue eyed, blonde haired Jesus. Right. right. Yet he's posted in so many churches. So think about this in slavery. They gave us the worst of everything. 
The reason we have soul food today is because we got the scraps, the leftovers from what master didn't want. And we turned it into something that was delicious, that was good. We got the worst of everything that they had. Then they turn around and give us the best thing they can ever give us, religion, the Bible. No, that mm-hmm. was on purpose. They gave us that because they know how powerful words are. All this was spoken to existence. God said, let there be light. He didn't use a machine or anything like he spoke it into existence, right? So if we take that as fact, mm-hmm. words are powerful. Images are powerful. If you look like my God, how can I challenge anything you will say? Right. And you brought up a very interesting point. And just just for context, for people who don't know, 13th Amendment, uh, January 31st, 1865, was the amendment that abolished slavery. Um, But you mentioned that um, that the jail system, people can still be treated as slaves. Um, And I think that one thing that's not talked about, and and maybe you do know this, maybe you don't, um, the beginning of the the 13th Amendment goes something to the effect of um, like neither slavery nor involuntary servitude is legal, blah, 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 blah. But did you know that right after that, it states, (laughs) no, it says, except for as punishment of a crime. That's the way it reads. I, I, I actually want to read this. Let me find this real quick. That, that's what I meant by they saying how it's legal to turn you into right. a slave if you commit a crime. If you're convicted of a crime, you, you, you're right. basically now a slave. So here's how the 13th Amendment reads. Neither slavery nor involuntary servitude, except as punishment for a crime whereof the party shall have been duly convicted, shall exist within the United States or any place subject to their jurisdiction. Section two, Congress shall have all power to enforce this article by appropriate legislation. So slavery or involuntary servitude is the, shall not exist unless you're duly found guilty of and convicted crime. of a crime. So you second you go to jail, you're a slave of the country. And look, and look who they uh, uh, noted in there with, with, with all this power. Also, Congress, who is Congress holds seats for 50 and 60 years. Old white men that was born in a time where we had to drink out of different color water fountains and stuff like that, colored and whites and segregation and all of that. Come on, man. It's like, yeah, I mean, <sighs> color and all that aside, it still doesn't make sense to me that. That the president can, the, the most influential person, and in, for whatever that means, but the most influential person in our country can only serve for eight years, but someone can sit on Congress and make bills for as long as they want, as long as they continue to be voted. Right? That doesn't make sense to me. Well, it, it makes, with it not making sense, it makes perfect sense. That's how you keep control. Yeah, I mean, you're right. I it, it, <laughs> For as much sense as it doesn't make, it makes perfect sense, right? So, Rock, I appreciate you. I know this wasn't comfortable. And for you, it might have been. For me, I'm trying to do a better job of stepping out of my comfort zone. Um, there's so much about this world that I was taught by textbooks that I have not experienced. So to sit down and have conversations in the direction this went, I greatly appreciate you. Uh, I greatly appreciate your NFL input on what's going on with Deshaun Watson and the likelihood that this is going to stick and everything we talked about with the Redskins. And you are welcome on this show anytime. 
I appreciate you being on with us tonight. Anything else you want to part with before we get out? Yeah, with what you said about being comfortable and my phone on five percent, so it might cut out. If you do, just take that <laughs> in. Just take that in. Time to get off. But um, I think hard and difficult conversations have to be had. That's the only way to get comfortable and get an understanding. Um, I try to take pride in being able to speak with people. Like I'm, I'm gonna respect your opinion whether you agree with me or not. You could feel like. You should be able to own people right now, tomorrow, and go somewhere and buy them. Of course, I disagree with that, but that's not going to make me not dislike you. It's gonna I might not like your outlook on something, but it's not going to make me not like you. So we fear judgment so much that we can't get an understanding of people because we don't want to have these conversations. Like, mm-hmm. And that goes from sexual orientation to all kind of stuff. So, and like, I actually, in my experience in life, have learned so much from others. Instead of being uh, one-track-minded, I can get somebody else's opinion. And now it opens my eyes like, oh. I'm, like, for example, how I used to always say I felt like gay was wrong and all of this type stuff. And uh, because I feel like two women can't reproduce, two men can't reproduce. And it took for a woman to break it down to me to make me see it differently because I've always been asked, do I think they're born that way? And I will always say no. I will always say no. I believe it's a choice. It's a choice. It's a choice. And so this woman broke down to me how her dad disowned her and everything. He finally came back around and just wanted to have one quickly conversation with her. He was like, do you know what y'all are facing? This gonna happen. That's gonna happen. People gonna say this and do that and treat you this way. She said, "Now, Dad, you know I know this, right?" She was like, "Yeah." He was like, "Yeah." She said, "Now, if you knew all of this, would you choose something like that?" And that that broke him down like, "Wow!" And it got to me. I was like, "If you knowing you're gonna die by going to a particular place, you're not gonna go to that place." You see what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. when you know something and you still do it, is it really a choice? So that kind of like, I'm like, wow, I got a newfound respect for people and what they choose they want to do. Right. And, you know, we have this, uh, I think we might have lost Rock there. His phone died. Um, I appreciate everyone that listened, that commented, that participated. Uh, this might be one of the more uncomfortable shows we've had. Um, if you think it's uncomfortable to listen, imagine how it was talking. But I'm not going to get better as a person unless I have real conversations with people. So I appreciate Rock coming in, sharing his NFL expertise and shedding light on the Deshaun Watson situation. I appreciate the people that commented. I know, Jeremy, you were in there a lot. Um, and for everyone that listens to this, I appreciate it. This is an open platform for everybody. Uh, this was sports related, but not really sports related. And, um, I look forward to having many more conversations with people, um, just like this to bring light and have honest non finger pointing conversations. All of those things are always welcome here. So I appreciate y'all tuning into this episode of sports with BJ. The next time we'll be back, will be Saturday with brood bets. We'll have JT on. And we're going to give you our locks, our good picks for the weekend. That's every Saturday. I think we're going to try and go live around 930. Subscribe. Hit the like button. You'll get the alerts when we go live. Hopefully we can get some money in your pockets. So we'll put money in our pockets. Until next time, y'all take care.